Okay, good evening. Good evening. We're reporting live here from Waco, Texas in our compound that we moved to after last week's discussion. <laughs> last week we set up one very isolated perspective, which was the, uh, the focus on the dangers of the outside world and the obligation we have to shelter ourselves and protect ourselves as much as possible by creating those conceptual walls around ourselves. This week we transition to the other extreme. Um, again, this will not be the presentation of the full, wholesome hashkafa, because the goal is more to create attention this week. Last week, it was about sheltering in place, hiding away from society, avoiding the negative influence, being able to stand before Hashem and declare, Tariyag mitzvah shemarti v'lolomadati mimasav haroyim. I kept the Torah, and I wasn't even influenced by their, by their non-Jewish ways. This week, we focus on the other extreme, which is analyzing what exactly the mission what is the mission of the Jewish people? What is our role in this world? And if our role is connected to or part of the general population, then that would definitely cause a problem. How do we remain separate or should we remain separate if we have an obligation to be out there representing HaKadosh uh, Baruch So this is uh, entitled The Light Onto the Nations, which comes from a Pasuk and Yeshaya we'll explore together momentarily. But as a starting point, if somebody was to ask you to give a concise, user-friendly definition of Kiddush Hashem, what would you say? Concise, user-friendly definition of Kiddush Hashem. An example might be the fact that Reb Chaim Goldstein just walked in the room when he's making a chasana tomorrow. That very well might be called a Kiddush Hashem. <laughs> very impressive, Reb Chaim. <clears throat> what does Mrs. Goldstein say? <laughs> Anybody, what's a good definition? Kiddush Hashem. Sanctifying God's name. Thank you, Chaim. Sanctifying God's name. What is that? What's the point of Kiddush Hashem? Why do we want? Why are we always told, make a Kiddush Hashem, avoid a Chil Hashem? Why do we want that? So I think many of us would assume a Kiddush Hashem is about making the Jewish people look good. Making the Jewish people look good for what reason? Well, practically, so they won't kill us and they won't hate us. You should be Mekade Shemayim. You should make us look good and pretend like you care in order that the rest of the world shouldn't view us negatively. Uh, needless to say, that's not the real definition or reason behind Kiddush Hashem. How do we figure out what Kiddush Hashem actually means and how it ties into the overall purpose and mission of Klal Yisrael? 
We follow the advice of Rav Shamshan Rafal Hirsch that we saw together in our first, uh, our first meeting. He writes in the 19 letters, there is one way to redemption, to forget the inherited prejudices and opinions concerning Judaism, but rather to go back to the sources of Judaism, to Tanakh, Talmud, Medrash, to read, study, and comprehend them in order to live them, to draw from them the teachings of Judaism concerning God, the world, mankind, and Israel. So let us go back to Tanakh. The often quoted Pasuk in Yeshaya, even before Yeshaya, let's go back to Chumash. Right before receiving the Torah, we're told, that you will be to me, says Hashem, a precious nation amongst all the other nations of the world. So reading that Pasuk literally is the implication climbing into Hashem's mind, so to speak. All the other nations of the world are worthless, but you, Klal Yisrael, you're going to be special. Is that the intent of the Pasuk? So that wouldn't make sense, because if Hashem is, is praising HaKadosh Baruch Hu is being Mishabeach, the Jewish people, by telling us, you are more special than all of the other nations, if the other nations are viewed as garbage in Hashem's eyes, that wouldn't be much of a compliment. I love you more than all of the garbage in the world. <laughs> so that's why the Sforno explains what HaKadosh Baruch Hu was telling Kalal Yisrael is, Yisrael, <laughs> Even though all of humanity is precious before me, they're all my creations. Every human being is created in the image of the infinite. Nonetheless, tiyuli segula mikulam. You, Klal Yisrael, I'm giving you a mission, your role. You are a nation that's segula mikulam. But all of humanity, kol minha noshi yakar etzli. And with that, the Sforno explains the very next Pasuk. And here we have the description of Klal Yisrael. You will be to me. Mamleches Kohanim is a kingdom of priests, the Goy Kadosh, and a holy nation. What are those two ideas? Mamleches Kohanim, the Goy Kadosh. Explains the Svorno. I just said you're going to be more precious and more special. In what way? Through being a mamleches kohanim, being a kingdom of priests, meaning lahovinu lahoros lachol min haanoshi, that your role in this world will be lahovinu lahoros to understand and to teach to all of humanity, likro kulam b'shem Hashem, to enable and encourage everyone to call out in the name of God. And to serve Hashem as one unified force. That's Mamleches Kohanim. Now he doesn't really explain right here, Goy Kadosh. We'll leave that in the side for a moment. But to be a nation of priests, according to the Svorno, means that our role here is to be a nation of teachers. Lahoros Ulohavin, Lahovin Ulohoros, Lachol Minhanoshi bringing all of humanity to call in the name of God together. 
v'shechem echad, in one unified force. Then we have the Pasuk in Yeshaya, where Kaddish Baruch Hu says, Ani Hashem kerasichi betzedek, I've called you out in justice, v'achsek biyadecha, and I've taken your hand, v'tsarcha, and I've created you, v'teincha lebris om l'or goyim, and I've made a bris with you, the commentators explain this means that you, Klal Yisrael, will function as a bris for the other nations, as a protection, as a covenant for the rest of humanity. You will be Laor Goyim, a light for the world, a light for the rest of humanity. So, how do we function as an Or Legoyim? The Malbim explains, Shetari lehem ha'amuna, that Yeshai is telling us very clearly, the job description of Kalal Yisrael is to enlighten the world with amuna, with faith and belief, lebal yelchu ba'ofel, v'yakiru achdes Hashem. We don't want people to be floundering around in the darkness, to be living a life of sheker and illusion. We want to bring light into the darkness, sharing the, the, the concepts of Amuna and Bitachon and the Achtus, the unity and the control of Hashem, we want to share that with the world. And the Mitzudas David explains along the same theme, Or Legoyim is Lahoyer Eine HaGoyim Kulam. We want to enlighten all of the nations, Shehashem Hu Alokim. So the phrase, the Am HaNivchar, the chosen people, if you were to ask the question, what are we chosen for? We're chosen for what? To look down on others and to feel elite because we're clearly better than you are. Right? So obviously, what HaKadosh Baruch Hu is telling us, how the Svorno is explaining the Pasuk and Parshish Yisro, what Yeshaya Hanavi is sharing with us is that being a chosen nation means that we were chosen for this very awesome and overwhelming task of enlightening the world and uplifting humanity. Mamlechis <clears throat> Kohanim. In a sense, we therefore serve as Edim. We give testimony. We give testimony to the reality that there's a Bariolam, there's a creator of the universe, there's meaning and purpose that's infused within the life of every human being. We are the Adim testifying to this reality. Pasuk says in Yeshai in the very next chapter, where Kaddish Baruch Hu says, Va'atem Eidai, Nu'umashem Vanikel. You, Klal Yisrael, you are Eidai, you are my witnesses, you testify to humanity on my behalf, and I am God. The Derech Hashem, the Ramchal, when he explains the significance of saying Kriyashma, so he describes the mitzvah of Kriyashma as giving testimony to the achdus, the total control of a Kaddish Baruch Hu in every aspect of our lives. And he says, although we're living now in a world where not everybody knows 
what's really happening and why we're here. Nonetheless, Amnam Yisrael Shizachul Letoraso Hamitis. We Klal Yisrael who were to the truth of Torah. Yodim HaEmes Hazeh. We know that truth even now, even in the darkness. Umeidim Alav Gamata, and therefore we testify to Hashem to the reality of Hakadosh Baruch Hu even now. And that's what Yeshay is telling us. Vaatem Eidai Nu Hashem Vezehu Schus Godol. This is an amazing schus that we have as Klal Yisrael. We have the task, we have the privilege, we have the blessing to testify to the reality of Hashem and the truth of the Torah. What does this mean practically? Is there one of the, the Taryag mitzvos that we actually do this? That we're instructed to go out into the world and and influence and, and inspire humanity to come closer to God. So if you look in the Rambam and the Sefer HaMitzvos, Mitzvah 3 and Mitzvah 9 both speak about this idea. Mitzvah 3 is the Mitzvah of Avas Hashem, cultivating and developing within ourselves a real feeling of love for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Included in this Mitzvah, writes the Rambam, is that Shiniya Korim Libeneha Adam Kulam Yisalu That we have the obligation to go out and call Libeneha Adam Kulam, not just to our fellow Jews, but to the entire world, to try to create that Amuna and have them see the truth of Hashem as well. How is this included in the mitzvah of loving Hashem? As the Ramam explains, if you really love somebody and, and you cherish what they do and you have such a deep appreciation of who they are and I have a, a care and concern for other people as well and I want others to benefit from chachma and truth and, and chesed so then I would love to introduce you to this wonderful human being. Right? We find this often if we have a close relationship to a Gadol B'Torah, someone who just seems to be in a different sphere of reality, and we've gained so much from that person, I, I want to bring my family to get a bracha from you. I want to bring my students to, to see you and to ask questions, because I cherish you, I respect you, I appreciate you, and therefore I want to bring others in as well. So explains the Rambam, if we really love HaKadosh Baruch Hu, then of course we want to bring as many people as possible tachas kanfe We want to expose them to that truth and that ultimate love of Hashem. So it's included in the mitzvah of loving Hashem and, writes the Rambam in mitzvah 9 of the positive mitzvahs, it's also included in the mitzvah of lekadesh es Hashem, to sanctify Hashem's name. How do we sanctify God's name? And there are many ways of doing this. But the way the Rambam defines this mitzvah, he says, We are obligated to publicize our faith throughout the world. And don't be afraid to do so. People might not appreciate you. People might think you're silly. What did they think about Avram Avinu when he was the, the lone man in, in the pagan world? 
He had the courage to do so. The mitzvah of being Makade Shem Shemayim Barabim, of sanctifying Hashem's name, is Lefarse Mamuna Hazosa Mitis, to publicize and to share the truth of this Amuna. So, getting back to our initial question, what is the definition of Kiddush Hashem? Why do we want to do something that makes the Jewish people look good? Besides avoiding uh, persecution or anti-Semitism? For one very simple reason. We are the ambassadors of the Kaddish Baruch Hu in this world. We have been given the holy task to be the Edim and testify in Hashem's behalf. So based on a love of the Kaddish Baruch Hu and a love of humanity, we have this task, we have this responsibility to be Mekadeh Shem Shemayim. Not just so you think we, the Jewish people, are doing a good job, but that you could be exposed to the love and the truth of the infinite Boreola. That's why we're Mekadeh Shem Shemayim. So really, it's not at all a selfish pursuit. It's not about making me look good or diminishing potential feelings of resentment. It's very selfless. It's coming from a care and a concern for humanity, I want to expose you to the truth of God. Now, have we been successful in this endeavor throughout the centuries? The answer is a resounding yes. Yes, we have. The Kuzari, Yehuda Halevi, in the 11th century, he speaks about the, the role of the Jewish people and he says, going back to ancient times, we see the incredible impact that the Jewish people have had in the world. There was this stage of, of development in humanity where there was tohu vavohu, there was paganism and, and sheker and superstition. And then comes along of Ramavinu. And through the Zerah of Ram, through the descendants of Avram, we have the nation of Klal Yisrael, and writes the Kuzari that through this Kehillah, through this community of the Jewish people, that made themselves roy, that they were a vessel to be able to receive that light to now bring that light to others, that changed the world forever. Venira ayin ba'ayin kiyesh l'ola moshel v'shomer u'mesader v'notzer. And through the, the hanhoga, the behavior, and the, the daily commitment of the Jewish people, they were able to share with the world that in contrast to whatever they might have believed beforehand, there is one limitless creator, there's purpose, there's a mission for humanity. They shared this with the world. And it was through the Jewish people that the whole notion of morality began to flourish. And anyone who came after, meaning any other religions to follow, they were never able to deviate or separate from the foundations that were laid by the Jewish people. To the point where, whatever the religion may be, it's viewed as an offshoot or a deviation from the 
initial Klal Yisrael, where they would agree wholeheartedly to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the creation of the world, the Jewish people were given a particular task, they were given the Torah at Har Sinai, and then that's where the story gets a little bit convoluted. And depending on what direction you're going, you'll, uh, you'll proceed from there with your own prophet and your own, your own story. But everyone agrees to the foundation. So says the Kuzari, we have been successful throughout history in creating this, this, this foundation for some of these truths to be spread throughout the world. The question is like this. If we really believe this to be true, that we're here to be an or legoyim, and we're the Edim, we're, we're testifying to Hashem, it doesn't seem like we actually do that. Right? That would explain, I guess, why it's so common for Jews to go out and try to convert non-Jews. It's not that common. And we know the Gemara tells us this is not what we believe in. When a non-Jew expresses a real desire to convert, we know the halacha is, we try to discourage them. Why would you discourage someone from converting to becoming part of the Amanivchar? Why would you do that? So one reason that's given is there's always a concern that if you're not really, not really bought in and the commitment's not there, so then if you have too many people who are culturally becoming Jewish but spiritually still very disconnected, that could have a negative impact on the entirety of Kalal Yisrael. But there's another reason as well. There's another reason why we generally try to discourage people from converting. Shlomo Zaman Arabach writes, it's because we care about the individual who right now, at least in this moment, is inspired. We're concerned that if we let him or her convert and they become fully Jewish, in the words of the Ramchal, they attach themselves to that Elon Shel Avram Avinu, the tree of Avram. Let's say that inspiration diminishes a few years from now. Once you're in, right, it's kind of like Hotel California. <laughs> you can never leave. So you're stuck here forever. So because we're concerned, writes from Shlomo Zaman Arabach, for leaf naivr lo michshel, we don't want to help you or allow you to create a situation where you could be stumbling in the future. That's why we discourage people from converting. So we definitely don't promote it. We don't look for conversion. But the question is, why not? How do we understand last week's discussion in light of, no pun intended, in light of these basic sources? How do we be a light? How are we a light onto the world if that light is concealed and hidden away amongst layers and layers of conceptual mechitzos? So I want to read with you, this is uh, again Rosham Shrafal Hirsch from the 19 letters. And uh, he presents this dichotomy beautifully. Page three, Rav Hirsch writes as follows. The God who in love calls upon all humanity to serve him and who, through the unfolding development of history, educates it towards that goal, meaning the goal of humanity serving Hashem, 
there needed to be a people to constitute the cornerstone on which humanity could be reconstructed. Recognition of God and of man's calling found a refuge in this nation and would be taught to all through its fate and its way of life. For the sake of this mission, however, Kalal Yisrael could not join in the doings of the rest of the nations. In order not to sink down with them towards the worship of material possessions and pleasure, it has to remain separate until the day on which all of mankind will be absorbed, will absorb the lessons of its experiences. So if Hirsch is saying, it's not a dichotomy. It's not a contradiction that on one hand, we have everything telling us we need to be sheltered and protected and, and insular. And on the other hand, we have this awesome, overwhelming task of going out and teaching the world. But Rav Hirsch is saying, the only way to properly uplift humanity is by maintaining distance. The only way to actually serve that role as an orlegoyim is by being very careful and very committed to keeping our unique place and not assimilating in with the rest of humanity. And this is where that second phrase comes in. Mamleches Kohanim explains this for no means. We're a nation of teachers. What is Goy Kadosh? Explains Rav Hirsch. Goy Kadosh, a holy nation. Kedusha, we know, has the connotation of being set apart. Right? Somewhat disconnected from. So Goy Kadosh means that we're standing apart in holiness never entering into the activities and the aspirations of the other nations, but demonstrating human sanctity by its own way of life. This people, meaning Klal Yisrael, was to enter history as a nation in the midst of other nations, but somehow remain a Goy Kadosh, somehow remain isolated, in order not that we don't want to touch you, don't want to talk to you, you're icky, you're Goyim, to the contrary. Because we understand and we cherish the role that we have to uplift humanity, there needs to be that separation to maintain and to keep that special Amhanivchar alive and vibrant. This people had to remain separate from the nations, lest it learn from them to consider many of the blessings and end unto themselves. And then he concludes in such a beautiful, powerful image. How glorious a sight this people offers when it attains its goal. Right? Imagine being able to, to stand back with a sense of pride, looking at the entire Am Yisrael, really living this, really absorbing the, the responsibility of uplifting humanity through our interactions, through our honesty, through our love and respect for others, thereby having this, this wave of inspiration that penetrates the hearts of all mankind. Can you picture that, says Rav Hirsch? What a beautiful image. Now, unfortunately, although, like the Kuzari says, we have accomplished a lot throughout the years, and we've been successful in, in drastically changing the world, we all know too well that we have a lot more we need to accomplish in the realm of being Makade Shem Shemayim. We say in the Yontif Tefillah, V'yismuchu v'cha Yisrael, Mekadshe Shemecha. 
that we rejoice in you, Hashem. We, Klal Yisrael, we're, we're described as Mekad Shemecha. This is who we are. This is what we do. We sanctify your name. It's not a side job. It's not a hobby. This is the taich. This is the definition of Klal Yisrael. I want to end, and again, this whole discussion was just to hopefully create that tension between last week and this week, leading us to a final round, God willing, next time. Next time will not be this coming Tuesday, because uh, we have Hanukkah, we're going to take a break, but we'll uh, continue a week, uh, two weeks from tonight. But the goal here is to have that tension, how do we put together and and interweave these two concepts together knowing that not only can they fit, but they must fit. Knowing that the only way to fulfill the mission of being an Or Legoyim is through remaining separate. And remaining separate seems to be such an important thing. We'll conclude with the, the words of Rav Moshe Sternbach. Rav Sternbach writes, Al-Kain sarich odem ma'od haredim. He's speaking about the, the influences that are out there, even in Eretz Yisrael. And a person, therefore, has to be very careful not to live in a place like Boca Raton, Florida, not to live in a place like you name it, but to be in a shchunas haredim, a neighborhood where everyone is very from. And one can't say, listen, it's not going to impact me. Shekein bevaday mazik, it will impact you. And he concludes, v'zehu me'ikar nisyonos chevle mashiach. One of the most fundamental challenges and tests that we have in this time period, known as the chevle mashiach, right? This is the the labor pains, the the birth pains of mashiach, is the influence of the outside world around us. So on one hand, we have the, the mandate, Mamleches Kohanim, to be uh, or Lagoyim, to be the Edim to Hashem. Lehovin Lohoros Lechol Noshi, to teach and to uplift and inspire all of humanity. And on the other hand, we have the mandate of Goy Kadosh. You need to stay separate. Not because everyone else is icky. HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells us, everyone is precious to me. You're my Amsagula. I give you a special task, but I love humanity. I want you to love humanity. In order to uplift humanity, you need to stay at Goy Kadosh. So we'll continue next time, hopefully, with the conclusion of how do we bridge the gap and resolve this tension, clarifying the mission of Klal Yisrael, and how and when we stay separate, and when we take the risk, endangering ourselves to the elements around us to fulfill this task of being an Or Legoyim.